Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. We are back for another episode here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. And it's Halloween. Now, okay, let's be honest. Let me be fair. I may not be the biggest Halloween, like, supporter, you know, just in just my family's history. We're never big Halloween fans. But since there are people out there that do listen to the show and are fans of Halloween and they like to go out, they like to, you know, trick-or-treat, dress up still, depending on your age. I guess people of all ages now at this point go out for Halloween. Today's show is going to be Halloween-based. With that being said, it's still going to have the same news and things that have been going on during the week that have been the hot topic in sports. But we're still going to have some, you know, Halloween themes in there. I'm actually going to have some music played throughout the show that's going to be Halloween themed. So enjoy that. Got a nice little mix of some things to hear. Uh, Just going through another week of unpredictable things going on in the world of sports. You're talking about things such as Jamil Hill returned to ESPN. ESPN is once again talking about possibly cutting down on staff again. That means another round of firings. I think they fired about a good 40 to 50 people uh, about six months ago. And that was thought to be the end of it. A lot of people were reporters, beat writers, and they just had to consolidate a lot of their main talent that they have to just cover multiple beats. That's why Stephen A. Smith looks like he does, he never goes home. So there's a report coming out that there could be some more layoffs. It's unfortunate. It's really, whenever you see something like this in this business, you can't help but feel for all the veteran reporters that will lose jobs because of it. It's a uh, tough time. And, you know, the best thing we could do is just say, keep your head up because it's a very tough industry. And if you've been doing this your entire life, your entire career, you know, you got to see, hopefully there's more opportunities out there. And um, I just hope for the best for those that are going to be involved in that. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation that Jamil Hill could be amongst those uh, fire rings, you know. We don't know. And, and that's the thing with this whole business. You never know. It's all about cost cutting and making sure you are able to reach a certain quota. So we'll see what happens in the next upcoming weeks. There will be some announcements made heading into November. Also, how about more on a positive note? The NBA season has been underway, and we've had some incredible, and I mean incredible finishes in regards to surprises and upsets. And I'm just gonna start off with the New York Knicks. The Knicks looked horrible the first three games of the season. They did not have any type of continuity. The team just wasn't communicating offensively, especially defensively, it would give up big numbers. They won their game against the Brooklyn Nets this past Friday. They were heading into a matchup with the Cleveland Cavaliers and no one expected them to win this game. Let's, let's be honest. Let's put this out there. No one expected them to win this game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they not only beat the Cavs in Cleveland, they blew them out. This was about as legit a blowout as you're ever going to get in the NBA. The New York Knicks, mind you, a lot of fans, and I am a Knicks fan. I have no shame in that anymore. They want to know if this is the type of team that they, they can really build with. There's a lot of pieces that just don't fit. 
there's so many big men that that should be playing that can't play. That you know, Hernan Gomez can't really play because you got Cantor, you got O'Quinn. Eventually, you're gonna have Noah back in the system. So there's these question marks with the Knicks in regards to that. And then who's gonna be the uh, you know the small forward, the shooting guard? They're kind of just playing like multiple guards at forward with uh, Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr. who was struggling, shooting 20% until his breakout game against the Cavaliers. You have that game. That's one. You also had the Brooklyn Nets beat the Cavaliers earlier in that in the same week. Without D'Angelo Russell, who's been on a tear since coming over to the Nets. He just seems like he's in control of this team. Still a defensive liability, but offensively, he's exciting to watch. He brings another dynamic that the Nets haven't had in a long time. So, definitely a... Uh, uh, interesting situation in Brooklyn. But the other big upset, the Detroit Pistons going to Golden State and take out the Warriors, by, I believe, by eight points. Stan Van Gundy's crew, you know, with Avery Bradley as shooting guard who he just acquired. They got Drummond. They have different players, but they go into Golden State with all the weapons in the world, and, and Golden State loses their second home game. Now, it's early, you hear that game, you're like, that's not, that's not possible, you know. And what other team could that happen to? Well, how about the San Antonio Spurs? They lose to the Miami Heat. And I believe they also lost to the Orlando Magic. Actually, they won. I'm sorry, they, they beat the Miami Heat. Correction. They lost to the Orlando Magic. An Orlando Magic team that has basically no weapons. Probably Vujovic. I'll give him that. He's, he's probably their best player. He's a good low-post scoring threat. But they're not a dynamic team to the point that you're like, oh, man, we're playing the Magic. We got to make sure we're on point here. It's easy to say they could look past a team like that. So it was definitely a shock to really see those results. And like I said, it's still early in the season, but you're just seeing some things from the Cavaliers that has you wondering, like, can this team really make it back to the Eastern Conference Finals, let alone the NBA Finals? I just don't see it right now. I mean, it's early, but the continuity is not there with LeBron and Wade. Wade looks like an older player. And granted, Wade has a lot of years on those, you know, on those legs of him that he's been, he's been carrying around. He's had, his, his knees have been beat up for a while. You can, only, you can only get but so much out of Dwayne Wade. You still don't have Isaiah Thomas, too, probably about late December. That's what they're saying. You'll get Isaiah Thomas back. Derrick Rose has been ineffective. He once he's you know when he's not healthy, he doesn't really help much at all. LeBron, you can only carry the team, but for so long. This is LeBron's 14th season. It's a lot of basketball. What can you really expect from a guy like LeBron James? He's 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 getting old. He's getting up there. He's not that 18 year old kid that uh you know had all the energy in the world. He's got to rest sometimes now. So you look at this Cavalier team and you just, you wonder, are they for real? That's going to be something that we're going to keep revisiting as the season goes on. Because in my opinion, the NBA season doesn't truly start to count and start to really affect what happens later in the divisions and playoffs, etc. until Christmas. Christmas I always use as the barometer. And 
I'm just seeing what type of Cavaliers team we're going to have, what type of Warriors team we're going to have. Are they really going to be facing each other again for, I believe, would be the fourth straight season? A lot of question marks. Plenty of question marks. I can tell you something that hasn't been a question mark, something that's been very exciting. And I still feel like, it, I, I could be biased, you know, because of my employment, but the Major League Baseball postseason never disappoints. It just doesn't. Every round, every pitch, there's, the crowd is into it. The World Series has been very exciting. I, now, granted, for everybody that's in New York right now, whether it's the Brooklyn area or just any parts of New York listening, I know the Yankees are not there. I get it. You're probably like, I don't want to watch anymore. But you're missing out on great baseball. The Houston Astros, Los Angeles Dodgers, every game has been highly contested and just fun to watch. I mean, neither team wants to give up anything. The, the run scored, the pitches, everything has just been on point. Altuve's a beast. Uh, Puig is a beast. You got, you got so many different storylines on both sides. Because that's the intriguing part at the end of the day. That's what the postseason is all about. Game five had to be, for those that stayed up, mind you, it was, it was late. It ended late into Monday morning. One of the best games I've seen in a long time. You had the Astros coming back. You had the Dodgers coming back. It was. It went to extra innings, and the Astros obviously pulled it out at the end to win that game and take a commanding 3-2 lead into Los Angeles. But my goodness, the, the drama. It was everything and more. I mean, if you're a baseball fan, that's exactly what you want to see. That was fun. You know what I mean? Like It doesn't get any better than that. Two great teams. Pitching-wise, hitting, you name it, they, both teams can do it. I can see it going to seventh game. I don't think it wraps up in game six in Los Angeles. I just think it goes to a seventh and final game into November. We're going to see who's going to be maybe another Mr. November. I hope there isn't another Mr. November because that will always be Derek Jeter, the first and should be only Mr. November. That's my bias talking. So... I am looking forward to seeing how this whole um, World Series is going to end. But just it's just the overall postseason. Amazing job. That's, that's what I get from baseball every single season. The NBA, got to work on it. Got to work on it because everyone kind of expects it to be the same two teams at the end. Football is football. You're going to get exciting regardless. Unless you're in the AFC where it's a good chance it's going to be the Patriots in the uh, championship game. And speaking of the NFL, now the comments that uh, everyone have been talking about from the owner of the Houston Texans, talking about inmates. It's like the NFL just can't, they are the most drama-filled league. And, you know, I thought the NBA was up there. The NFL, by far, delivers the most drama. The offensive words from the Texans owner sadly has become so much of a norm in not only football but in society today that this is what a lot of owners of teams and I'm going back to like the Donald Sterling comments with the Clippers and how he was forced out, deservably forced out. This stuff can be tolerated. The guy calls 
a bunch of men that play for him on this team, grown men, and calls them inmates. How can you not be disturbed by that? There is no way to put that in a positive. There is no positive spin. There just isn't. The times are in right now, and you know it's it's already been noted that he's a heavy, he's a Republican, heavy Trump supporter, supported everybody in the Republican Party, has a lot of money, and he comes out with a comment like this when you have so many African American players on your team. It's 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 really a shame, and you know I just the Texans players, hats off to them. They played a heck of a game against the Seahawks. Deshaun Watson's the real deal. Just want to put that out there. But when is it going to end? When is the BS like this going to end? I mean, why do, why does it have to be like this? Owners with these these horrible statements that are allowed to own these teams. I think they can say whatever they want. They don't treat people as people. They treat them as property. Does that sound familiar? Property. Considering the times that we're living in right now, it's really scary. And and when I say scary, I don't mean scary like the fact that it's Halloween scary. I mean scary as in this is the real future. This is what people still talk about in 2017. People got to wake up around the world. Because this is sick stuff and... I don't know. Yeah, I just, you know, Roger Goodell, I don't know what you're going to do now. I don't know if he's going to say anything, but there should be more said. Because that's just, there's never an okay moment to make a statement like he just made. That's, that's just, it's ridiculous. As always, hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram, any social media. It's at Ed Easton Jr. SportsSocialPod.com takes you right to the site, gives you all the details on videos and things related to the show. And also, you can check out MrEaston.net. I've actually resurrected it a little bit. It was kind of dormant. I kind of had it just on the side, under construction. You can check that out if you want any more information regarding the show or just stuff about me. You know, you want to send me like um some some information, email me. I, I keep the email option open right there in the front as well as any bookings or any other thoughts that you may have regarding the show or my services. So check that out. It's a little shameless plug there. And um, we're going to enjoy the show. We're going to have ourselves a good show today. It's a Halloween-themed show, so you're going to hear a lot of Halloween music, scary music. And uh, also, I have a good friend of mine, DJ TJ Smooth. He is a uh, nighttime evening DJ in uh, Dayton, Ohio, and he's going to just share his thoughts on just the sports landscape in Ohio and just how they, you know, went through the whole situation with Ohio State taking on Penn State, just the energy that was going on through Ohio and their thoughts on the Cleveland Browns. It's uh, it's really a good listen, and like I said, he is the evening DJ there. Goes from 7 to uh, midnight, Monday through Saturday. And uh, just in Dayton, Ohio. So definitely check him out there in your uh, local listings. And uh, we're going to enjoy it. It's going to be a great show. 
You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio.
whatsoever shall be found Without the soul for getting down Must stand and face the hounds of hell And rot inside a corpse's shell with Fred Easton Jr. And for this week, we're going into sounds. And I just said game five of the Astros and Dodgers World Series. It's got to go down to history. It was a great, great game. A lot of back and forth, uh, just a lot of great action, huge hits from both sides. The thrills were there. And like I said, people were staying up way into the night. I think the game almost ended around 1.30 a.m. Eastern and it was a it was just a clutch performance from both teams. Obviously, the Astros came out on top, but I uh, just want to go back to all the highlights from it. So I'm going to play the sound from that with Joe Buck on the call and the uh, courtesy of Fox Sports on that one. Also, the uh, Texans owner, as I mentioned, um, Bob McNair, he has since apologized about his comments, and he riled up everyone. And uh, you know, I just want to get the the feedback from some pretty good quotes. Draymond Green, who is definitely not shy to share his opinion on topics of this matter or anything else, gave his thoughts on the uh, controversial statement, as well as Stephen A. and Max Kellerman, along with Donovan McNabb, who was a special guest during an episode of First Take. So uh, definitely worth listening to. And uh, share your thoughts, as always. So uh, this is This Week in Sounds. When we come back, we're going to get into the interview with uh, DJ TJ Smoove from Ohio. So, without further ado, you're listening to Sports Social with Eddie Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. That's in the left to base hit. Gonzalez can't come up with it. Turner scores, and it's 2 nothing LA.
center field. Gonzalez won't get it. Peterson to the plate. Digging for third and stopping is Taylor. And it's an 11-9 game on a double by Corey Seager. Who's the pitcher of record for the Dodgers? Here's one into right. Back at the wall. It is another home run. McCann. And the three-run lead is back. That's ridiculous, you know. Uh, first day with sons of bitches, sons of bitches, whatever. It was. Uh, it's now, yeah. now uh, inmates. Like I know some inmates. They don't pay taxes. Um, they're not community leaders. You know, they're not Jenkins flying to the White House and flying to D.C. and doing all these different things to make a difference. Uh, they're not cap donating a million dollars. So, I mean, that's like, come on, man. Inmates? Like, that's, that's unacceptable. How do you think Goodell should react? Will he react to it is the question. Um, I mean, I wouldn't personally want to play for someone who viewed me as an inmate. Because I haven't done nothing in my life to be an inmate. So, 
you know. In order to be an inmate, you're either in a hospital or you're in prison. Well, I'm not in a hospital and I'm for damn sure not in prison. So, what did anyone do to, and then you say, um, you know, some people comment on my post, said it's a figure of speech. I mean, agree or disagree, figure of speeches aren't okay in 2017. So, you know, um, if I come out and give a figure of speech that's not socially okay, I'm going to get fined. I'm going to get ridiculed. If I come out and give a figure of speech on anything, whether that's race, whether that's sexual orientation, whatever that is, if I come out and give a figure of speech in 2017, I'm going to get ridiculed by any group that's formed to protect one's group. I'm going to be fined by the NBA. I'm going to be looked at ridiculously by the community. So why is that okay? I don't, I disagree with that. I don't, that's not, I mean, I don't see anyone out, out there that's, you know, an inmate, if you're an inmate, you're not playing. So, um, you know, they, they pay taxes just like he paid taxes. And you know, if I've, if I've learned a bit about business, maybe more. So, strong word to use about someone else's kids again. It's crazy. Stephen A., I want to start with you on this one. Talk to me. What's your reaction to what McNair said and what went down? Well, it was highly insensitive, uh, inappropriate. Um, you could say he made a mistake because the, 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 the phrase is inmates running the asylum. He said inmates running the prison. Uh, but nevertheless, it was something that was echoed during an owner's meeting. Uh, when you consider the minds that are in that room, the kind of conversation that they were planning on tackling, uh, that just heightens the level of ignorance that he displayed. Because if, 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 you know, if you're sitting there, and not that at any time it's an excuse, but if you're sitting there having a drink, hanging out with your buddies, and you articulate something, uh, that's entirely different than you meeting in a league office with players to discuss issues that Colin Kaepernick brought to the forefront of most of our minds in the United States of America because of his willingness to take the stance that he took. And so if you're Mr. McNair and you take this position, it just heightens the level of, 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 of insensitivity that's going to get attached to you. I saw this in my initial reaction, and this is something I'll elaborate more extensively on with my final take today, but my initial reaction was is that be appalled, be upset, uh, be disgusted with this man, but remember, you still got a job to do. Uh, you got Bill O'Brien who didn't make those comments. You've got uh, 60 to 80,000 people showing up at the stadium who didn't make those comments. You have uh, a general manager who's an African-American and Rick Smith uh, that, that obviously is your boss as well. And you got to be accountable to him as well. And so I was proud that DeAndre Hopkins ultimately elected to show up and show out the way that he did because, my God, did he show out yesterday afternoon. Uh, but in the end, what it comes down to is that if you're the NFL players and you're the Players Association, this is further evidence of the divide that exists between the mindset of owners and that of players. And somehow, some way, you've got to find constructive measures to, ad to, to address these matters so 
Owners like this don't think about saying such things, and more importantly, they don't conduct themselves action-wise uh, in, you know, in, in, in doing things that would indicate that this is truly how they feel about the players. I think it's a, you can call it a teachable moment all you want to, Max Donovan, but to me, it's a highlighting moment. It's an illuminating moment because, you know, you know how the man feels, which is why if I took anything away from it, it was what Richard Sherman had to say. Why are we tripping? The man exposed and revealed what he thinks and how he truly feels. And that's really what this comes down to. And sometimes that's not a cause for disgust. It's <coughs> a cause for celebration because now we know. And now you can go forward from there. As cynical as I may be, in terms of my gut reaction as just a person when I hear something like this, you know, inmates running the prison. Well, actually, the term is asylum, so it's not a nut house to you. It's like a prison, like, and we're getting all Freudian and everything and unkind, you know. But, but, okay. So, so the players aren't business partners, as I mentioned. Adam Silver comes out after the controversy with Donald Sterling. He made racist remarks, was caught making them, and I was expecting a fine or something, business as usual. And Adam Silver said, "Uh-uh, you have." deeply, profoundly affected our business partners. Get out, right? Well, that's one way of viewing the players, and another way is as prisoners to your status quo. So I understand the, the, the gut reaction, even though I also understand someone saying, look, hey, it was a figure of speech that he misused. Everyone's being very sensitive. So let me just say, like with Kaepernick in the beginning, Stephen A., I didn't come out and say Kaepernick is being treated unfairly, X, Y, and Z. My initial comment was, Kaepernick, I think, is looking for a starter's position, and he doesn't a starting job, and maybe people feel he's just bubble starter. Maybe he's not good enough quite. But a backup job, when he never got even the backup job, then it was time to come out and say, okay, he's being treated unfairly, and here's why I believe he's being treated that way. Now, in this situation, McNair has come out, and since he made these comments, said it was an unfortunate uh, turn of a phrase, and he really apologized for anyone he offended. And anyway, and here's the key, he claims, I wasn't referring to the players, I was referring to the league office. Because after all, Goodell and the league office, they work for the owners. Those are the inmates to whom he was referring, according to McNair. I'll take him at his word right now, cynical though I may be, that that's in fact what he was saying. Let's take him at his word. Do you realize the implications of that, Stephen A. and Donovan, if he actually meant that? Then the question is, is he in some way calling for Goodell's firing? Is he, is he saying they need to rein in the commissioner? And the reason that would be an even bigger deal, in my view, than, you know, listen, have we seen white people in positions of power and in sports ownership make racist comments in the past? Yeah, that, in fact, is nothing new. It's terrible. It's always bad. We understand, but we also know it's not new. What would be new is a sitting commissioner getting the ouster. I mean, these guys retire, all of them. They never get fired. What commissioner in a major sport, NBA, MLB, NFL, gets canned by the owners, essentially, which is what it would be if they don't renew Goodell's contract? So if McNair, in fact, didn't mean the players, if he meant the players, it'd be a big deal. Maybe it's an even bigger deal if he's talking about
with Eddie Stein Jr. and we are back and I have a special guest on the line. This guy is basically known throughout the Ohio area. He is, in my opinion, the best late night host out there. I'm just going to hype him up, like extra hype, so that he doesn't feel like, oh, <laughs> you know, 
he's not a big deal when he really is a big deal. Please give it up for uh, Thomas T.J. Smooth Johnson. Sir, how are you? Hey, what's, what's going on, man? It, it, it feels like old times right now. It really does, man. You know, for a lot of people that don't know, we've, well, how many years now since college? Uh, oh, man. over 10 wow. years, right? Yeah, I think we're going 10, 10 or 11 years right now. It's insane, man. I, it's, I don't know. I mean, you've gotten older. I think I've stayed the same. So uh, that's that's a good thing. Uh, always, yeah, man. I mean, can't go 10 or 11 years being like, hey, I think I like this guy. I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, that's nah, how it, it goes, man. And all, uh, but it's been cool. And, you know, you, we've been friends for, for over a decade now, just continuously, you know, building up in this in this industry. So you know how it is, man. It's, it's good to see you succeeding. And I'm very proud of you, my man. So, Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. I'm definitely proud of you. That's why I was like I had to go through different booking people just to get you on the show, you know. I'm like, I'm friends with the guy, but I make sure I hit up his agent. I got to make sure I get uh, this guy on. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not that hard to get to, but, I mean, you know, you know how as time goes on. <laughs> it's all good, man. But you're deep down. You're from New York, but you're you're deep in uh, in Ohio now because uh, you're on Monday through Friday and I believe Saturday night. On uh, um, what's the station again? To let everybody know. Yes, yes, sir. It's the, the smooth takeover uh, every weeknight, seven to midnight, and Saturday nights. Uh, for, yeah, seven to midnight on uh, Hot 102.9. Um, if you guys are out of town or out of state, you guys want to download the app. It's the Hot 102.9 app, or you can go to hot102.9.com to stream online and uh, pretty much participate with the show. I'm very interactive with everybody. I love taking phone calls and just having fun with the listeners and. Again, like we go back to our college days, we used to take phone calls from everybody there. It's just, it's fun to be able to just to entertain the masses and uh, just having fun with people. Like people think radio is all about the money. It's, we, you know, we we don't make that rich money in radio, but it's the it's the fact of just being able to be interactive with the community and making sure they're having a good time and staying entertained. And that's all. That's what I'm all about. That's what it's all about for me in this industry. I hear you, man. And like you said, you have you're very, you know, a lot of humility there, but uh, you're also giving away all the secrets, man. I, you know, I have people out here thinking that we're millionaires, so you know, you just I mean, do that whole thing. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> well, I, me, me personally, I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> I'll let that be known now, but eventually we'll get to that, uh, <laughs> get to that pay, pay uh, check or whatever. Yeah, but definitely. But let's let's get to um, just how it is down in Ohio now uh, in regards to the sports, because uh, you know, there's a big big sports area you're talking about ohio state they just had a huge game um can you let everybody know just how um, the atmosphere was in town oh my oh my lord well when i first moved out here you see nothing but a sea of red and you know I'm, i live in the, in the uh, dayton ohio area but they are huge cincinnati red fans but they are even bigger uh ohio state football fans like buckeye fans and when i tell you they prefer the buckeye over the cincinnati Bengals, the the cleveland browns like you would think the Ohio State football team was the NFL team, but no, <laughs> Ohio State football is is Ohio's football. And uh, yesterday they they came back big and uh, defeated Penn State, who was ranked number two. I think Ohio State was ranked number six or eight, um, and that's a huge upset right there. And uh, to come back, I think they were down eleven or fourteen. They came back and won by one point, thirty nine to thirty eight was the final score. Uh, the atmosphere out here was incredible, man. Like people, <laughs> especially with it being Halloween weekend, so you see nothing but like zombies and uh, witches and me being Cisco, everybody just jumping up and down, having a great time out here. And that's how it is all the time 
with Ohio sports, especially Ohio State football. That has got to be insane. So, you know, obviously you you have to take the side of Ohio. Ohio State do everything. You know this, right? You cannot. A fun fact, I actually wanted to go to Penn State. So oh, my God. I was, yeah, I, I, <laughs> and I told my boss that he's a huge he's a huge Buckeye fan. So I told him, I was like, you know, I kind of wanted to go to Penn State. And he kind of gave me a look. I was like, oh, it's, it's no big deal. But Penn State being ranked number two, I was like, oh, man, this is cool. So, when they were winning, I was, you know, I had a secret little smile, but I'm not going to let that be known out here. You know, I, I kind of want to survive out here for a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it's, they, they're, they're quickly trying to convert me over to the Ohio State side. Yeah, I like how you just – you pretty much blew your own spot up. Everybody's going to listen to this. I want to make sure I send it to everybody in Ohio so that they yeah, you know. you send it to everybody. Listen, you... I'm a Penn State guy. <laughs> listen, I, I'd rather be a Penn State guy than say I was a Michigan fan because Michigan and Ohio State, that right there is like oh, Red yeah. Sox, Yankees. Knicks, Bulls, you know, that's that's the rivalry right there, man. So no love for the Cleveland Browns. You know, they just, everyone's just giving up. I know they haven't won a game, but uh, it's official. They don't consider them a team anymore. Like, what's going on? I mean, they, they there's love for the Browns out here. It's like I, I've seen, like, one of my guys out here that works at Hamilton United, his name is Andy. He's a huge Browns fan. He's like, like with me being a Knicks fan, we've we've had heartbreak for years. But they have they've had heartbreak for, like, maybe even decades, and, you know, he's still one of those diehard fans. So it's like, it's like the, I guess you could say, like the Chicago Cubs fans. Like, they were rooting for the Cubbies for years, for years, for years, until they finally won the big one uh, last year. And that's, that's what, 108 years they waited for that? So the Browns fans, their, their time is covered. I think, I think after, especially after the Cavaliers won the NBA championship, you know, that gave hope to the rest of the, uh, the Cleveland area or the, uh, just the Ohio fans of that team and uh, with the Indians, you know, Try, you know, they didn't succeed as much as they did last year, but they, you know, they're still good. So mm-hmm. the Ohio State or the Ohio, Ohio fans out here, they, they're getting hope right now. Their teams are, their teams are trying to do something. Well, I mean, the Indians obviously, you know, making the World Series last year and uh, being upset by, uh, you know, the, the New York Yankees. I know you heard that team before. Oh man, those guys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, so the, I'm, I'm the one New York remember. guy. I'm, I'm the one New York guy that, that like, you know. <laughs> Can't stand the Yankees. I, I'm never one of those like I'm a Mets fan. If you guys don't know, I'm a huge New York Mets fan. So like by rule, you're supposed to hate the Yankees and root for any team that they play against. Like I've had some Mets fans like, oh, they're from New York, so I'll root for them too. I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> like it's like against my Mets religion, I can't do that. But yeah, no, that was a huge upset by the New York Yankees, and you know I got to give them kudos. They they uh, surprised the world, man. I I I too was one of those believers that thought New York Yankees were having a rebuilding year, and they they rebuilt all right. <laughs> hey, I mean, we're back. You know, that's why I want people to know, you know, we'll get a new manager. We'll figure that all out down the line. But uh, let's let's keep it now. You, you were talking about the Cavaliers. They just won the, the title mm-hmm. not too long ago. Uh, they've gone through that whole, like, transition now with uh, Kyrie being traded out. The atmosphere around town leading up to Kyrie's first game back in Cleveland, what was that like? Man, you would have thought it was it was an NBA Finals game. People were excited for it. Um, my whole hope was I was hoping that you know just the the state in in itself or whatever wouldn't boo Kyrie because he he put in a lot of work out there. Um, and just me being out here, I've only been out here for a year now, and uh, just the amount of people that would talk about Kyrie, he like him being the best point guard, and they were they were very high up on Kyrie. So when he got traded. It was almost like uh, it was almost like they lost a they lost a family member or like a, like they broke up with their with their significant other. So um, 
the anticipation building up around that game was was huge, man. And uh, I know people that here from Dayton, they actually traveled up to Cleveland, which is uh, about a three-hour ride from Dayton. And people went out there to see that game. So, like, they, they dropped money. <laughs> they wanted to see Kyrie come back. And it was good to see them do the little tribute for him and uh, people, like, give him his props. But then it was also fun to see him get that LeBron treatment, that LeBron guy, <laughs> when he came back was joining Miami. And they, every time he touched that ball, man, you know, he got booed. So it was a fun atmosphere, and I'm looking forward to hopefully Boston uh, being, being pretty good so you can see, like, a playoff series between these two, hopefully. I think there's a very good chance of that happening. I mean, obviously the Cavaliers are going to be back there. I think they're going to another uh, NBA Finals because it's – Oh, my God. What would this be, like eight eight straight for LeBron if he goes back to the Finals? Look, man, when you're the best player in the world, you can do whatever you want. That's just what it comes down <laughs> to, so it's, it's fine. LeBron LeBron makes TV, so that's that's all that matters. That's, that's all that really does need to matter at this point. Um, <laughs> just now, now let me let me just go to your, your fandom. You're a Knicks fan. Now, are you able to catch up with some of the games while you're in Ohio, or is there, like, any way you can try it, to – are you doing the leak pass thing? Man, it's it's tough to do that. Like, uh, I try to stream some games and stuff like that to, to catch the Knicks out here, but it's, it's tough to really keep up with them. So what I what I usually do, especially when I'm at work, um, I would try to – I follow the games on NBA.com. Like, I do, like, the – was it the play-by-play app? I think you can see, like, when they're taking shots. Yeah. So I'll try to follow up like that. But um, for me personally, it's heartbreaking to see Melo leave. Um, you knew it was, was going to happen. It had to happen. And I feel bad for the guy because, you know, if he had the right players, we've had, we had you know, good teams with him on there, but if he had the right players, he probably would have stayed and would have made some noise. But I'm happy for him being in Oklahoma City, and I think they're going to do big things over there. But as far as the Knicks, uh, I kind of like them going young. I could, you know, it's going to be another, I guess, a few years for rebuilding. But KP has that potential to be that franchise guy. And uh, we haven't had a franchise center, of course, since Patrick Ewing. So hopefully that's, you know, something coming up. With, and, you know, the Stars still want to come to New York and play for them. So I'm hoping we get something in the next couple of years rather than rebuild for 10 years, you know. Trust the process, I guess you would say, right? Well, you know, I'm pretty sure that's copyrighted by a Philly. But, it's, you know, we're going to say something. We're going to call it, you know, let's, let's hope we can make it till tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Trust the unicorn, baby. all right so that i gotta ask you this before i let you go you're a big wrestling fan big wwe guy you know just like Mm -hmm. i am um people a lot of people don't know this but uh, you actually used to be a wrestler oh man yeah (laughs) i gotta i gotta bring this up uh, i gotta dig in the crates a little bit oh man yeah you're, you're you're bringing me back a little bit yeah back in uh what was it man back in 2006 um I joined a uh, – it was a Christian wrestling ministry that at, at the church that I was going to at the time. It was uh, Upper Room Christian World Center in Deer Park, uh, Dick Hills, New York, out in Long Island. Shouts to them over there. Um, and, yeah, you know, me being a wrestling fan my whole life, I was just like, oh, this is cool. I went to one of their shows. Like, it would be cool to actually try to get into it. And so when I found out, all it was was, like, they, they had a free wrestling school, free training. I was like, I, I, you know, I was 19 years old at the time. I was like, you know what, why not? Why not do something – that you love and just experience it. And when I tell you, I had the best time. But uh, my name at the time was T.J. Crunk. I was uh, I was billed from Atlanta, Georgia. I was supposed to be this really hyped up, crunked up guy that would come out dancing with the crowd. So, and another fun fact here. I, I'm sorry. Another 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 fun fact about me. To this day, I've still never stepped foot in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Atlanta, Georgia. So 
when I had to put on the, that Atlanta Brave stuff and, you know, me being a Met fan, it, it felt like I was betraying my whole crew over there. But, yeah, no, it was it was a good time, man, wrestling. and uh, I actually finished that up in 2009, but I wouldn't mind getting back in that ring. I think I, I think I still got a little bit left in me. Well, I mean, hey, think about it. You know, WWE comes around the, to Ohio again. They do a show and they need a, uh, you know, the jobber or somebody, local guy. You're on the radio. I will, I will, you know? I will job, I will job out for WWE in a heartbeat. <laughs> Just to say, I was in the WWE ring and got beat up by Braun Strowman. Absolutely, I'll throw me through a table. Why not? Hey, you should call out Ohio's own uh, The Miz and see if that works out. Make it a WrestleMania match out of it. You never know. Well, let me let's build up the celebrity things. That'd be great because then you know I could do like pull like a Ronda <laughs> Rousey or something. You know? But uh, hey, <laughs> yeah, there's actually a few wrestlers from out here. The Miz. Uh, you got. Uh, Dean Ambrose from Cincinnati, uh, Alexa Bliss, who's the Raw Women's Champion. She's from Columbus, so uh, they got a they got a few stars out here. Definitely do, and they got you as well. And um, TJ, I gotta thank you so much once again. Uh, good catching up with you, and just like letting my audience know everything that you got going on in Ohio, and just the whole sports scene within itself. So uh, thanks again, I, man. I, I appreciate you, you know, having me on, man. And again. Congrats on, on your success and keep doing what you're doing, man. I'm very proud of you and hope to see you soon, brother. Definitely, man. Definitely going to see you soon, all right? Take care. All right. Thanks, man. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the match he did the monster match the monster match it was a graveyard smash he did the match it caught on in a flash he did the match he did the monster match from my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests in and his son wow. The scene was rocky All were digging the sounds wow. Igor on chains Back by his baying hounds wow. The coffin bangers Were about to arrive wow. With their vocal group The Crypt Kicker Five They played the mash They played the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash They played the mash It caught on in a flash They played the mash They played the monster mash out from his coffin wax voice did ring Seemed he was troubled by just one thing Opened the lid and shook his fist and said Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash It's now the monster mash The monster mash And it's a graveyard smash It's now the mash It's caught on in a flash It's now the mash It's now the monster mash now everything's cool, Drax's a part of the band And my Monster Mash is the hit of the land For you, the living, 
the smash was meant to When you get to my door, tell them what is said Then you can mash Then you can monster mash The monster mash And do my graveyard smash Then you can mash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can mash Then you can monster mash take time to thank everybody for tuning in to today's show it's halloween enjoy the day for everyone listening on halloween and if you're just listening casually via podcast via different channels that this show appears on thank you again and uh tune in for next week we got more great shows to come on uh follow up with the show on sportssocialpod.com also mr.easton.net and as always i will tweet you back at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter. You've been listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. Have a good one, everybody.